0: So my dad found out about these onion fields that they needed they needed workers to go out there and work. They took anyone regardless of the age. So, I mean, as an 11 year old, dad took us there. And so on the last day of school in Mexico, we literally drove to Odessa and we st- dropped all of our stuff, w- w- the little that we could bring. And we stayed at our aunt's house. And we drove to Caenosa and we had one of those old pop-up trailers, you know, those little single pop-up trailers. And my brother and my mom, and uh and my dad and i we we slept there and wake up at three o'clock in the morning and we'll pick onions all the way to six o'clock at night so i remember going home and or back to the trailer and having the back of my neck and you know my cheeks sunburned and and i would always tell my brother i said you know what i said i'm glad i'm doing this because this is going to make me not ever want to do this again
1: oil and gas today is more than exploration and production It is more than the feet drilled or the hours of continuous pumping. The oil field is a group of people, companies, technologies and institutions working towards providing the world with safe, affordable energy that is sustainable for the billions of people that depend on the success of the industry. The Oil Field 360 podcast is a 360 degree deep dive into the leaders of the industry. will provide listeners with a first-hand account of what it takes to build, maintain, and lead the energy business into the future. The Oilfield 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, one of the largest and most experienced energy investment banking firms in the industry, offering M&A advisory, capital markets execution and investment research. For more information, please visit simmonspsc.com. Lockton Global Energy and Marine. Uncommonly different. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston, and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit lockedin.com for more information. Tomahawk Safety, a leading manufacturer of safety gloves ergonomically designed for superior fit, offering best-in-class protection and helping you combat the industry's toughest jobs. Tomahawk is also supporting our frontline healthcare workers by offering isolation gowns, gloves, masks, and other critical medical PPE. For more information, please visit tomahawksafety.com. Range Valuation Services Range is the only oil and gas focused valuation and appraisal firm in the financial services industry. Range specializes in appraising and valuing oil field equipment, machinery, inventory and property and customarily works directly with clients, lenders, investment bankers, insurers and private equity and debt sponsors. For more information, please visit RangeValuationServices.com.
2: Welcome to the Oilfill 360 Podcast. This is another just fantastic edition of the show. I'm kind of excited. Uh, this is Josh Lowry. I'm the one of the hosts of the show, joined as always by the co-host extraordinaire, David DeRode. Good morning, David. Or good afternoon, I should say. How yeah. are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing great. So yeah. I'm a little thrown right now. I'm a little off, and I, the audience is going to be able to tell. I'm beyond excited. I'm over-caffeinated. We've had an interesting day. Uh, this is one of our, the most unique shows that we've done, right? I mean, it's it's not just about business. Uh, The podcast is exploding, by the way. Thank you to the audience. We're reaching heights I'm not sure that we expected to reach. So today we have a special guest, and he was going to be on it a couple weeks back, but the coronavirus canceled all travel and just the unprecedented events going on.
0: So first of all, Aaron Marquez, CEO of Wildcat Oil Tools. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I wish... We would have had a chance to uh, do this last month when we first talked about it, but I'm glad I'm here now, and uh, look forward to visiting with you guys for sure.
2: Well, and we appreciate that. So, audience, just be prepared. This is going to be this one could go off the rails. We're uh, <laughs> we're going to try to keep it on the rails because there's a lot of great topics to talk about.
3: Yeah, and and let's let's also set the tone. We we are practicing a fair amount of social distancing, and. Uh, Aaron brought down some uh, special uh, Rona uh, fighting uh, right. material for us.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, Aaron, you're you're involved in a bunch of different businesses. I, am. I, should, I am. Before we get into this, I, I need to let everybody know that we're doing this on a Friday afternoon. You know, typically we'll try to do a recording on a Tuesday just because that way we can get it edited during the week and then go on into the next week and launch a podcast. But we're doing this one on a Friday specifically because one of the companies that you are involved in is Fletcher Azul. And it is a premium tequila. And we you asked if we would want to have some drinks on the podcast. And we're like, absolutely. So they we said, we can't do this on a Tuesday because we'll ruin the rest of the week. So we've we've shifted you to a Friday afternoon. So you have brought, by far, the best welcoming gift we've ever had. It is a completely awesome setup of Fletcher Azul, which is now the official
0: tequila of Oilfield 360. I can't wait to get, to, uh, get a chance to talk about that, how all that came about. But above all... Going forward, you guys gonna be nicely stocked with every tequila that we have. So I look Thank forward you. to having you know for you guys to have other guests and and prom- promote and have some good tequila, you know, and uh, get people talking. Well, we are gonna get people talking, and this is gonna be a great show. So really,
2: I I wanted to while we were doing some pre-show warm up, uh, just getting the microphone set, we were doing some talking. You're I didn't know this about you. Uh, I, you and I we met at a. A conference in New York and your your business when I met you at that time this is kind of pre-corona really pre-2020 everybody had a better 2019 than a 2020 which is sad but your business Wildcat Oil Tools is unique but before we get into any of this I just heard this in the pre-show can you please tell us how you even got to this point your story is really cool really unique and I think our
0: entrepreneur friends and really anybody's going to enjoy it yeah I mean it's It's amazing looking back, especially uh, as as you look back, you know, tomorrow, it's my birthday. I turn 38 tomorrow. So I I, I remember thinking, God, people that are 38 years old, that's pretty old. Now that I'm about to be 38, like, man, that's not old at all. You know, so that kind of gives you a time to really reflect and think about some of the things that you wish you did and or did do or did not do. Um, So I've had a chance over the last, you know, couple months, really, um, with everything going on. Yeah, I've been working out more, I've been reading more, I've been doing so much to try to find ways to be active. And in doing that, you, you kind of, uh, you reflect. But for me, I was born in Mexico. You know, both my mom and dad, very young parents. Uh, my mom and dad were 15 and 14 when they were married. So um, we lived in Mexico and moved to the U.S. when I was 11. Came from, from, uh, from Chihuahua to Odessa, Texas. I really didn't want to move because when you're 11 years old, yeah. that's when you have your friends. You're, you know, I, I love playing sports. And two, the language barrier was going to be an issue. It was, um, was going to become a problem. Uh, thinking, you know, um, right. how am I going to adapt as an 11-year-old to be able to move to another to another country where I don't know anything? Plus, we really didn't have the resources to be able to move and, and adjust accordingly. So we knew that we are going to move. We knew that dad was going to have to have a, a job, my mom my brother and I. Um, so back then, uh, Cayonosa, which is a field by, around Pecos, is very prominent, known for for onions. So my dad found out about these onion fields that they needed, they needed workers to go out there and work. They took anyone, regardless of the age. So I mean, as an 11-year-old, dad took us there. And so on the last day of school in Mexico, we literally drove to Odessa, and we st- dropped all of our stuff, w- w- the little that we could bring, and we stayed at our aunt's house and we drove to Kainos and we had one of those old pop-up trailers, you know, those little single pop-up trailers and my brother and my mom and uh, and my dad and I, we, we slept there and wake up at three o'clock in the morning and we'll pick onions all the way to six o'clock at night. So I remember going home and or back to the trailer and having the back of my neck and, you know, and my cheeks sunburned and, and I would always tell my brother, I said, you know what? I said, I'm glad I'm doing this because this is going to make me... Not ever want to do this again. So you recognize that at that age, I I did. Um, That's a young age to have that realization. Well, I've always like I've always said one of the things for us, we weren't very fortunate financially growing up. We never we never were, but I was blessed with great parents and my hardworking family. You know, my mom and dad are incredible when they took a risk to move our family from from Mexico to the United States. So I wanted to make sure that I did my part to thank them. And the, only, and the best way for me to thank them is to make them proud of me and then improve the generation of, of our family. Was, like, that,
2: was that a spoken thing in the house? Did, did mom and dad put that pressure on you or did you just internally take that?
0: No. My brother and I have older brother. I would tell my brother, Freddie. I said, hey, Freddie, I'll tell you what, I'm going to work hard. And I, I said, I, I, I hate to say this, but I, what I would say is I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich and nothing's going to stop me. And, I, and my, my brother's like, Aaron, you know, we're, you, you can't say that because then people are going to think you're arrogant and people are going to say, and then we're living here. I said, no, I'm telling you. I said, He's like, you don't even speak English. I said, but, and, and then <laughs> my, bro, my brother's like, <laughs> but but I love if, it. I do too. My brother's like, but if you if anyone can do it, he's like, I promise you, you can, because you can do whatever you want. And then That's so right. my brother's like, yeah, you you will. I mean, you and I said, I promise, because we're not going to live like this. I said, and I said, we're going to be better. So. We picked onions that summer, we saved some money, we still lived with my with my aunt, well, my dad's uh, sister. And the next summer, last year of school, went back again and then we finally saved enough money to buy a house. We bought a house in Odessa for 25,000 bucks. And um, it was nothing, man, it was nothing, but it was, for us, it was, yeah. it felt like a mansion. I was like, oh my God, now we have a house. And it's amazing how Regardless of where you start, as long as you're progressing and you're making improvements, you feel better about yourself. Because I often get asked, well, who do you compare yourself to or, or wh- who's your inspiration or who's this? Everyone comes from so many different backgrounds. Some people come from wealthy families, which is great. Some people come from educated families. For me, I was the first one in my family to graduate from college. But now my nieces are, you know, are, wants to go to a my nephew wants to go to Baylor. So like now, back at, at a young age, they're talking about where they're going to go to college. I didn't have that luxury yeah, that wasn't to be able to think. Yeah. I couldn't even think about that. So we um, picked onions. We you know did whatever whatever it took. And so I started going to school, and that was probably the, the most difficult to adjust to, not speaking the language at first. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes at that age, you know, you're know you at the age where, where kids are pretty you know um brutal brutal yeah. you know and um so i sometimes would made, get made fun of uh because i didn't speak english like oh man you don't speak english or oh, they'll call you this name or they'll call you um whatever and but my response was how could you make fun of me because i'm learning to speak two languages when you just speak one yeah as, and and I said, <laughs> thing about it so you're making fun of me because i speak one language and learn to speak another one I said you speak one. I said you know I'm going to learn this language in six in six months, and and you're still going to be you. Um, but I used it as a motivation. Sure, I got away from e- from ESL back then because i was like that's not going to help me do anything. Um, Wait, time, again, time out. You you chose to get out of the ESL stuff. Yeah, within a week, even as a kid, I said it, I'm not this is I'm not going to
2: use this. I need to, I just need to basically take the the pain or whatever the word is right. Just I need to embrace it head on.
0: I did because. The first time that I went to class, everyone in that class was speaking Spanish. The curriculum that we were discussing was in Spanish. The teachers talking to me in Spanish, and everyone around me speaks Spanish. So tell me, how am I going to learn English? Right. So, and even though back then people will laugh because my language barrier, I didn't see it as negative. I was like, this is temporary. Yeah. You know, this is this is temporary, and I'm going to learn. So I would get up there, and 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 two, I was sometimes a class clown. I'm not going to pretend I'm an angel. I was, I was, I was a class clown too. So the teachers, the teachers will get me, Hey, Aaron, why don't you go up there and read, you know, to get back at sure. me. And I was like, sure, I'll go up there. i like, and I'll, you know, put some words together and people will laugh. And I got to the point where I used that as motivation. And to me, I'm, I'm always talking about like your mindset and, and your, your motivation. I find things to motivate me, whether they're for me, against me, yeah. or someone doubting me, because sometimes, like you often, you often hear, you need to find ways to continue to to motivate yourself because it's hard to stay motivated when people stop clapping for you. And as an entrepreneur, yeah, you don't clock out when you sign sure. that LLC or whatever. When you incorporate, you're on you're on the phone 24/7, 365 days a year. I always wanted to do that. Like that 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 was my passion all along. I never wanted to work for for anyone. So listen. So this is. I'm. A, I'm sitting here listening with a giant smile on my
2: face. This is going to be. I can already tell. We're going to have a great time here. I'm drinking tequila. Well, and
3: tearing up a little so bit. So this is my, a
2: good story. I, I've got to get. So when I told you the audience, when this thing could go off the rails, we are. He brought in a bunch of great tequila and it's we, a flight of tequila it is a That's flight what they
3: call a flight of tequila and yeah a absolutely. proper
2: so of you're going to hear some ice clinking in the background and yeah, so we're going to drink some tequila and david just finished his first glass so i've got to get <laughs> i've got to let david ask some questions pretty quickly because I, I need to get him on the podcast before we get too late to this thing and, and he's what not going to be what are you trying to say i can't drink my tequila no i just listen i want to get go ahead i'm just i'm opening it up that this is your world here i'm now i'm going to drink some tequila but that was an awesome opening fantastic which one well, should I start with, by the way? What am I? What do I have in my try? Answer?
0: Try the blanco and then go to the reposado. Okay, yeah, so yeah. so he just nice to see everybody. Just had
3: the blanco, and uh, we're j- now getting into the reposado. I had the pleasure. Of, I was a little bit late. We had some bad weather and uh, had breakfast with uh, Aaron at Basenberger Burger in uh, Midland, and got to got to listen to that story. And uh, we got to start talking about. Uh, philosophies around certain things, and I wanted to hear how he how he got to start Wildcat Oil Tools. Obviously, one of the multiple things we'll be talking about today. But in that regard, tell us about how you got got started with with Wildcat, and and go from there.
0: Well, I started in the oil field in 2004, um, working for Neighbors Industries. Neighbors was an incredible it is an incredible company, and they gave me the you know I was I was young, very young back then. But they gave me an opportunity where they assigned me multiple, you know, assignments that that I was so fortunate to to be a part of. I had a great a great boss who's still a great friend of mine, John Slaughter. He said, "Hey, you have something special," and I said, "And you can go far." Um, and it, so he he kind of embraced that. So he embraced me, and I embraced his belief in me. Um, so I started in safety. My background's in health and safety, um, but I, I like the finance side. I like the, the business side and everything. And I expressed that to Johnny. I said, hey, I wanna get, I wanna get into more on the operation side whenever that time comes. And he did, I, I got a promotion and he assigned me. I was exposed to the drilling side, the completion side, to the, to the fishing and rental side, to all the special, all the special services. That gave me an idea of things that I wanted to do. I wanted to have my own business and i just didn't know what and a lot of times we have these ideas of i want to i want to do this business but you, you have to really research it and make sure that it's the um, you know the right thing what i knew that i wanted to be in the oil and gas industry because above all you meet so many different people from all over the from all over the world but also in our industry and i'm probably a little bit biased the energy industry provides the best type of people there, I, that i've i mean you're that right I, that i've ever been around uh, i think that the energy People in the energy space are so giving. I mean, I, I just love being part of this, um, of the energy space. But I knew that I didn't want to work for anyone else, you know, at that point. So I worked for neighbors for five years. I saw the production side, the, drill, the uh, completion side. And, and I had I was over the Fish and the rental area, too. And when the market was going down on the drilling side, fishing and the rental stayed like this. When it was completion work, it stayed consistent. The revenue stayed consistent. So I loved that. I was like, okay, if I ever do a business, it's gonna be a fishing and rental company, uh, and that's kind of where I started. So in 2012, we literally worked out of a small Kwanzaa hut. We had, I mean, is that when you started? That's when I started okay. in May of 2012. We started out a small Kwanzaa hut. I was employee number one. My little sister was doing our books. She had just graduated from from college, and so she uh, started working for me. And uh, in 2009, when I when I started my mineral company, my royalty company. She was doing the books for that, and so in 2012, I had St. Andrew's going, which is my mineral company, and, and then in 2012 was when we launched Wildcat. I was blessed to have great parents, and then to have two business partners that are in their in their mid 60s, and they they treat me, they've they've showed me so much on how to look at things, and and so I owe a lot to them. Uh, so going through neighbors and kind of seeing everything, I started saying, hey, I'm going to let's start small. Let's start with a small BOP. And that's what we did. And so when we first got going, we had like five blowout preventers and five closing units that are used to open and, and close to the BOPs. That's all we had nothing else. I was employee number one. My sister was employee number two. And my <laughs> dad was employee number three. He was the one that was putting everything together. And when you're an entrepreneur and, and you start your own business, guess what? You become the office clerk. You become the janitor. The janitor and the you, president. You, you, yeah. you become the, the accountant. You, you become every single thing, but that's what it takes. People that start businesses, they want to start with this huge overhead or I need this. And I'm like, you can't afford that. Right. And, and so people often ask me, so when do you know when you can add someone or when you should bring somebody on? I said, look at your financials. You don't have to look very far. All you got to look <laughs> is look at your balance sheet, look at your PL, and find out, hey, can I afford another person? If you can't, then you, you need to really evaluate your business. You need to evaluate how to increase the revenue, but don't bring people on if you can't afford it. And so that's what I did. I, I did everything that I could and we're doing well. I was embraced by great great customers over there. And so we slowly grew from one single item business line of, of a blowout preventer to what we do now. Uh, and it's been, I mean, honestly, it's been a blessing to be able to do that. I attribute that to the team we have been able to build i'm so blessed to have an incredible team of a good mixture of people they're not guys in their 60s i have guys in their mid-20s are incredible i have guys in their 60s 50s we're a very very young company our management team is very young and i love that so even though we're we're um we're facing a little bit of a downturn i mean not a little (laughs) bit obviously (laughs) the apocalypse i mean mean, we are drinking on the podcast it's wheels Uh, off right now yeah it's a little bit i guess that's understanding i mean we're we have a lot of headwind, mm-hmm. you know, in our, in our industry. But for us in 2016, whenever the, the crash or whenever things went down, we grew more in 2016. And honestly, we're going to, we're going to grow. We're going to expand and grow accordingly uh, in 2020. We're not going to yeah. open up locations, but our porf- our portfolio is going to increase. I
2: always tell people I've never lost a
0: downturn. Yeah. We're, you, we're not going to lose a downturn. No, we'll, we'll win the downturn. We'll, we'll win for sure. So, I mean, I'm, i I hate that we're dealing with this because you deal with uh, we're placed in, in a situation where you do have to you know adjust accordingly, right size your, your company to be able to really yeah. There's you know, people right, and there's people, and so whenever like for us with Wildcat, to me your business is people, and people is your business like that. You you have you can do whatever, but the people behind your logo that's what matters yeah. because that's that's what represents you, and and that's what's important to me. So um, a couple of weeks ago we had to let go of, you know, like everyone else. And man, the feeling whenever you have to, you know, let go of someone that has been there for you, that has done everything you asked for, that is incredible, but there's really- No money. There's no money. You don't substantiate, like I said, numbers don't lie. You know, numbers don't lie. You have to be able, and as me, it's my responsibility as the CEO, the owner of the company to put us in the best position possible to weather this storm. So I have to make these tough decisions, but it also affects you from a from a personal level. We're like, man, this guy did everything that he asked right. for, and we're placed in a situation where you know you have to make these difficult decisions. But but it's part of life. If I don't make those tough decisions, then then a, a lot of us are going to be in trouble.
2: You know, I feel like this is obviously not the first down that <coughs> the oil and gas business has faced, and it won't be the last. And uh, you know, every industry has these ups and downs. Uh, Oil and gases are pretty dramatic compared to others, but one of the things, and we can even touch on this in a minute, but I think LinkedIn has been an incredible place for people to feel not alone right now. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, look, our our friends down the road, you know, I don't even want to say their name, but it's so rough right now. But there are major companies laying off thousands of employees in Houston, and on LinkedIn, you're seeing these people 38 years, 41 years, and they've, and they're talking about how much they love their relationships with their friends and the companies and the, and it's just, it's been brutal to read these, but at least the way I viewed it is everybody, they're not alone. Like you didn't do anything wrong, guy at 31 years or 42 years, whatever it is. This is just,
0: this is an apocalyptic moment we're going through right now. And that's the hardest part. I I completely agree. And that's one of the things that we're talking about, the people in in the, uh, in the energy industry, Whenever you read those posts and say, "I worked for this company for 27 years and I was let go," thank you so much for yeah. all the pe- great people that I met. To me, that just shows the level of people that that we are in the in, in this industry. Right. And I mean, it's it's very disappointing, um, but it's unfortunately that's kind of where, where where things are now with the price of oil, of course, and then the coronavirus. It's literally the perfect storm. Oh yeah, you know that that hit us. I think that this is gonna hurt us for a while as a country uh, to be able to bounce back from, from the economy, uh, shutting down the economy the way yeah. things, th- things have been. I own a restaurant in Midland. You know, I'm a part owner of a restaurant in Midland just to kind of talk, tie some of this thing together. But, and the, Basin,
3: Basin Burger House um, They also
0: have breakfast. Thank you. And um, <laughs> the governor and, and everything that's being done you know, in, in, the, uh, in Texas, restaurants being able to open up at 25% capacity, Restaurants cannot make money at twenty-five percent capacity, so it it makes no sense for them to open up. We didn't open up because you can't make a profit at that. And then, two, it's just not a good situation, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I think we all have have to take the right precautions with with what we're dealing with. But you know, um, I just hate it for the business owners, for the entrepreneurs, people that there's there's a gym where I work out in Midland, and a family opened up a smoothie place. They opened up the week, oh, the week, like no joke, man. Brutal. The week that the coronavirus restrictions began. And I went in there and I said, I'm going to buy all your bangs. I drink this uh, amino acid drink. You acids, drink that drink. bang stuff? I do, man. I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just not its not as good as tequila, but it's pretty good. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to buy this, all your bangs This stuff? is going to be the first episode we've ever had that has a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're going to have to get up here in a minute and refill.
0: So I went in there and I said, like, I want to buy this from you, and I want to buy this, and I want to buy that. I said, but just leave it here. I said, and I'll go in there and I'll buy like five smoothies and I'll be like, because I felt so bad because yeah. there's not there's so many business owners and entrepreneurs just like them that prepared to like launch and do this, uh, do this investment and then they get placed in this situation and there's really no support for a new business. There's no support and, for, that.
2: and they they didn't qualify for the PPP they, stuff yeah. either.
0: They weren't there in time.
2: Go ahead, David.
3: So so to that point, I think I think it's all very relevant and important. And, and the numbers don't lie. Part of the conversation we had when we were in Midland together at breakfast at Mason Burger House. <laughs> That's and, your no, I'm No, I'm not, I'm not angling for free breakfast or anything, I, I promise. But <laughs> I was so excited, I didn't know they had breakfast. And it's just right down the street from Concho and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, long story short, we were talking about your philosophy and your background with safety, quality, safety, efficiency, health, all that good stuff. And I'm a big proponent in, in how that can guide a company through, through a lot of issues that I think a lot of folks are more trained to come out of business school to focus purely on the financials. And you're right, numbers don't lie. But there's so much to be said about the people and the culture that you have and get people in this, this mindset of awareness and continuous improvement stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, that's what's helped you, I believe, build the business that you've built today, and I think it's also going to be one of the the, the core f- features is going to help you survive this um, this this tough time we're in, and and only come out of the out of the shoot even even stronger.
0: No, that's such a such a great topic. To me, safety the safety culture in your business is everything. I incorporate safety through our operations, through financials, through everything. It's almost, it's a test of understanding that we're always gonna hold paramount the health and safety of our employees. It it really is. Um, Because I've I've been the safety guy that has to go and and talk to a family when someone's been killed, especially in the industry that we're in right now, but especially on the rig side, most of the, the guys in the rigs are Hispanic guys that some of them don't speak English, or, or their wives don't, don't speak English. So when something happened, when I was at neighbors, hey, Aaron, can you go talk to the family? Hey, Aaron, can you go do this? And you get placed in this, in a position to deliver this message of, of, of what's taking place, and you feel like a complete failure. Uh, and I would always tell myself that. I was like, I'm never gonna do anything whatsoever that's gonna jeopardize the health and safety of our, of, of our employees, never. So we've incorporated all that through our processes, um, our quality management system. I mean, every single thing that we do. Our, our safety record is exceeds exceeds the uh, the industry average without question. That has opened up for for doors, in you know, with a lot of the major major uh, companies in, in the Permian Basin, also in international companies as well, um, because that that matters, you know, yeah. and and uh, and it's so important to me. Your safety culture is everything. Um, we have a great you know, vice president of safety, Justin Overstreet, that he and I work together at Neighbors. He came on board about two years ago, and he completely revamped the way we educate our employees. Because what we do, we're 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So he developed a great database to be able to remotely educate like safety meetings where no one misses anything like if you have to go out or if you're in the middle on a drilling rig or you're on a on a, uh, a workover rig or a co tubing unit our guys are able to access every information off their phone they you, can give you an it. app yeah. internal that you have yes and uh, he created a uh, what he called the Wildcat University so oh, all cool. of, it's a, basically it's a learning management system. So if you have a question about something or if you want to review something, you can just download everything directly from the Wildcat University. And it's an incredible tool for us. And it's a new, new way of, of, uh, of uh, really getting to, to, the employer, to the, into our empl- employees because now, nowadays we control everything through our phone.
2: So, you know, that to me sounds like ESG. Exactly. And is is that something that you guys focus on for? Yes. I think it sounds to a lot of things, but ESG is is essential to really the growth of, of the industry.
1: A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're right back to the show. Prang and Associates the global energy search leader. Prang & Associates is the world's leading executive search firm totally dedicated to the energy industry. Over our 39 years we have assisted more than 750 management teams and boards in 75 countries and conducted nearly 3600 engagements. For more information please visit Prang.com. Daniel Energy Partners, in and research you can trust a leading provider of U.S. oilfield research known for its original boots-on-the-ground research approach as well as its famous barbecue events. Daniel Energy Partners utilizes both its extensive network of top oilfield professionals and frequent in-basin field tours to provide real-time market intelligence. Visit DanielEP.com for more information. Galtway Marketing Answer this question, what makes your company different? you have seven seconds to catch a customer's attention. Galtway Marketing can build your brand and craft your message for maximum impact across all your marketing efforts. Visit galtwaymarketing.com slash 0360 to bring your company into the 21st century. Thank you to our sponsors. And now back to the show. So companies that embrace that early on, that's... It, it is. Well, I
3: think, but, but ESG really is... It's enterprise risk management right it's being aware of of your risks and how you deal with them and and all that and this is a key component of that is making sure everybody they have this awareness of what it is that they're doing what the company's trying to do you know what what your what your goals and objectives are so
2: before i get into because i want to hear about your esg because i think that's a big topic and how much focus so The I have finished the blanco. What am I moving towards? This is
0: the reposado. So we have five different tequilas. I hope nobody's actually timing how long. Um, Let's talk about tequila right now. Yeah. So we have five different profiles. We have a blanco, a reposado, an añejo, a cristalino, and then an extra añejo. All is the same profile of the tequila. The only thing that's changed is the way it's What is profile of the tequila? What does that mean? So like the base of the tequila. It's the same tequila. For example, like the blanco that you just had. Yeah. That's just it's just pure. It's, it's the most pure tequila you could have. Pure. And, that.
2: That's and, how David and so, I live our
0: lives. And then, like the reposado, it's aged like six months. Um, and then the. Uh, then it just, the, the darker it gets, the more it's been in a barrel. Okay. But, it, but we, like, we've added no sugar, we added no no sweetener. So the taste is incredible. For us, I mean, obviously, like I mentioned to you, I was born in Mexico. So Taco Tuesday at my house and Taco Tuesday with, for, for me and a lot of my friends, a lot of them are white. They're like, man, they're all Listen, about Taco Tuesday. Dude, I'm
2: a Texican. Yeah. We've, yeah, yeah we've.
0: Born <laughs> and raised in, in Mexico or in Texas and we're full on Texas. Yeah. So, so we embrace Taco Tuesday. So, um, Our our tequila, I mean, there's no better compadre for your Taco Tuesday than Fletcher's Food Tequila. I promise you. (laughs) I need 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 Taco Tuesday to be on Taco Saturday, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, so what we wanted to do is, so last Saturday, last Tuesday, Abraham, you know, my partner in the tequila, Abraham answered. Wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. You can't just drop that little tidbit and brush by it. So, because that's a big deal. Yeah, he's 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 incredible. It's my little brother, man. He's so he's not just he's a- Abraham. Answer mm-hmm. is a your owner, part owner in the tequila, right? But he's not just a business entrepreneur, right? This how this is a young, complete stud, professional golfer on the PGA tour.
0: Yeah, you know he's. We became close so quick. He doesn't have any brothers. And so I'm, I'm like his older brother, and he's like my little brother. I mean, Can he, does he close. want an
2: older, older,
0: white older brother? I
2: mean, because I feel like I could really,
0: <laughs> yeah, fill like, that bill for sure, for <laughs> yeah. sure. But no, he's, um, you know, Wildcat sponsored Abraham, and initially he wore the uh, the Wildcat logo on his chest. And whenever um, people started noticing, he had a great tournament at the uh, at the uh, Players uh, last year. So when people started noticing his logo on the shirt, I started getting random messages from people, and they're like, "Hey man, do you have a salesman out there playing the PGA tour?" Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like "Come on, man!" And uh, but he's like, "Yeah, there's this guy wearing your company. Is that your logo on that? Which is for us in the in in like." I mean, it's not very common. Yeah, not only gas, right? It's You're not only gas. Yeah. You don't Some see Odessa
2: that. fishing and renting tools. Yeah, yeah,
0: they're like, I mean, like, and people, we were working on a, in a on a deal in Argentina back then, a project in Mexico, too. And the group that we were dealing with sent me a, the, a picture of Abraham wearing that logo on his chest. He's like, hey, is this one of your guys? Is that one of your, like... I said, yeah, I mean, no. He's he's one of my best friends. He's my little brother. And, and Wildcat sponsors him. But he's... He and I share a passion for tequila. So we talked and like, oh man. And so whenever I was in Mexico, um, in Mexico City, everyone kept asking him, hey Abraham, ¿qué es tu favorita tequila? Abraham, what's your favorite tequila? And tour players. I'll translate you know, that next yeah, time they, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, uh, so all these tour players kept, kept um, asking him, hey, what's your favorite tequila? And me, I'm always thinking like, how can I turn $1 into two? <laughs> You know, and then, and especially like, like you say, it's like find something that you love, find something that you love and then, you know, turn it into a business. That's when, when, you know, cause I like you, like you mentioned earlier, Josh, I am involved in multiple, multiple businesses, but it's not exhausting to me because I love right. every single thing that I do. So it's not work for me, yeah. you know? So and if you ever want to hate your life,
2: people, audience, Go ahead and go to Instagram and find a guy named Abraham Answer. And this is a he, – he's a professional golfer, late 20s, good-looking kid, living his life all over the world, playing golf, owning tequila. Just follow him for about two weeks and just see if you don't regret
0: every decision you've ever made that you weren't a good golfer. And it, it, it just looks like a total stud. Yeah, he's incredible. And he's – so he and I are partners on a line that we're, re- that we're releasing – Uh, at the end of May called Blackwell. And Blackwell is a performance golf line primarily that's gonna start, it's very, it'll be similar to like Peter Millar and Grayson. And we're launching that at the end of May and we'll be able to ship all over the world because I think that now, like just getting back to, to business and entrepreneurship, I think now retail is gonna take, you know, a complete change in the way business is done. I think Amazon changed that. So now it's directly dealing with the consumer, the, the provider directly dealing with the consumer, and that's what we created with Blackwell is we have a team that has incredible, incredible clothes that, that we release, release everything and we're going to ship directly to the consumer. So Abraham, when you see him next time at the, at the Colonial coming up, everything that he's wearing from head to toe is Fletch Azul on his hat, Wildcat on his sleeve, <laughs> Blackwell Shirt and pants. It's all you guys. It's, it's all it's all us.
2: So that's the last, I think that's May 28th, correct?
0: I think first week of June. First week in June. So yeah, it's the fir-
2: first PGA tournament back since they've turned them all off. Yeah. yeah. By the way, today is the 8th of May. So when everybody anybody hears this, that's when, because uh, we, we don't necessarily launch the day we record, obviously. So if anybody wants to know when this is, it's today's May 8th. And the tournament well, he's talking about is the first one back. And, uh, you know, this guy just, it it just looks like you guys are doing great. I love Instagram and following him and, um, yeah. It's important to note that we don't launch the day we record because I always
3: make fun of Josh's multicolored shoelaces and he always oh, tries to finish that out. Aaron understands it. It's called fashion. <laughs> well, listen, I like the Black Quail name. I'm just you know I am I am not a golfer. I'm a member of, of a couple of different golf clubs, but I'm not necessarily a golfer. I will go on a golf course, as you and John Daniel know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I am not a, I'm not a fantastic during, his, like you during guys, his interview, but you know, what membership. I would really love is, is, is for somebody to make, I like a Guayabera. As you can see, I'm wearing my long sleeve Guayabera. You're today. styling
0: today, man. I uh, love yeah. that pink. I, I'm I'm, a, I love bright colors. Yeah. And my brother always tells me, why do you always dress like it's Easter? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I we go to dinner or he sees me somewhere and I'm wearing like yellow pants. I love bright colors. I love pastels. I, I love Palm Beach and yeah. Palm Springs. I, you know, so I always tr- you know, try to dress my brother. like You always look like you're dressed like you're going to Easter you know, brunch or something. But you're styling today. Yeah, he, he looks good. Today. He looks thank real you. good. But but what I really would like it's his birthday I, this week too, by yeah, the way. He just had what, his
3: birthday. What, I'm a I'm a five six seven eight guy. They made it that way because I'm not very smart, and I can remember that it's, uh, <laughs> five six seven eight. But anyway, I I would love for you know somebody to make a fishing shirt like a guayabera, but in the but in the same kind of material. Nobody's doing that yet. I don't. We we'll have to talk no, we, about we that. Can, yeah.
0: What we're doing with Blackwell. What, is it's it Blackwell or Black Black, Quail? Blackwell? Blackwell. Blackwell. Yeah, me. Okay. it's Blackwell. Yeah, um, I didn't well, do my show research, but yeah. No, 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 this is like I'm just. This is like I'm coming off, you know. Um, but no, Blackwell is, is an incredible line, and you'll see that like at the end of the month, we're introducing all of our pants and polos and hats and you know, performance underwear, like the whole the whole line, and then we're introducing more um, as the year goes on. Obviously, the coronavirus affected the uh, supply chain aspect yeah. of everything, but. Our goal is to create a uh, from where you're able to purchase directly from your phone and a website. So whatever you want, whether you want a sport coat, a tie, golf attire, everything comes directly to your house and we'll be able to ship all over the world. Um, But we're building into that, into that, you know, the whole, you know. uh, Yeah. Lifestyle brand. Yeah. Right.
3: So in regard in regards to golf, uh, I think you're involved in a project. In the community, with Billy Munn and, and some other folks, we talked to us a little bit about that. I thought that was so cool. David yeah. did his
0: homework on this. So he, well,
3: no, no, no. We, we talked about this. At, yeah, we, at we breakfast. breakfast and yeah. Billy and I were supposed to talk, but uh, yeah, so was busy with this golf project.
0: The I love to um, work on nonprofit. Going back to the energy industry, I think we're probably one of the most giving industries of all. Yep. Um, we give back so much. And sometimes giving back is not necessarily making a donation. Because kids want to see what they could become. And the first T program, I embrace it so so much. I, I, I love the program because a lot of the kids are low-income kids. So I look back and I'm like, hey, that could that could be me. I wish I would have started playing golf at that age, but I just that was I couldn't think about it because it was so expensive. So the first tee creates that platform for, for the kids that are low income and not necessarily low income for everyone, uh, but a lot of low income kids, uh, you know, sign up for that. When, when, it, when we announced the first T-West Texas, Bill Kirby, the guy that put everything together uh, for Midland, as soon as he announced, the whole camp got full, was full within a couple of days. And we had a waiting list of, of people great. that wanted to come. That's great. Because yeah. in Midland, um, there's really nothing to do the golf courses are private, and they're they're all full, um, and there's really not a lot of after school activities. So this program is a great way for them to to uh, come in and have some after school activities, but also the first season involved through the through the PE program, the physical education program through all the schools, through MISD, ECISD. So it's a great program to introduce the game of golf, and we all love golf. We talked about golf and and everything. The game of golf—it's not necessarily just golf. It's life, mm-hmm. you know. And there's no other game. That's that what you, people that are good at golf yeah. say.
2: But keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, there's there's no there's no other sport, to me, in my opinion, that compares more to entrepreneurship or or running or managing a department or running a company or or starting a business than golf, because every day something's different. You know, you may have something scheduled, and you're going to go play with your buddies. Saturday morning, you're going to go play with John and you, you guys are going to go out and play Saturday morning, you know, and it's Tuesday and you think you're going to have a great round or whatever. And you it's Saturday around the corner, especially here in Houston, you know, the weather's bad, wind's blowing and it changes everything that you do. And and that's the way business is. You know, you can forecast, you can forecast your, your financial quarter and guess what? Now there's Oil price got down. Now you have the coronavirus. Now you have a conflict in in uh, in the Middle East. That changes daily, and, and golf is the same way. I mean, you can go to a tee box and the wind's behind you, and you're hitting a nine iron, 175 yards. But then the next the next hole, you have that whole wind. It's again your your face, and you're hitting a five iron, 150 yards. So that's business. You gotta adjust when the wind's with you, when the wind's behind you, when it's raining, and you gotta plan accordingly and what to me great analogy but to me <laughs> I mean, it's really to seriously. me golf, so i was thinking of robin williams yeah. talking about the
3: uh, the game of golf but this is even better no yeah, this is fantastic But to me
0: that that's golf in and in, in business that's business you have to you have to adjust to everything that you're doing so um true. but going back to your first question on the on the on what, the, on what the was team, our first question on the, on the first team that that you mentioned david the game of golf teaches kids outside of Finding something to do, it's just to me why why I love that program so much is just the core values that those kids embrace. You know, the, the kids will learn that, hey, if you hit a ball out of bounds, hey, you hit the ball out of bounds, okay? You didn't you didn't automatically find it yeah. teed up on a on a fluffy thing of grass. It teaches ethics. Yeah. You know, sportsmanship Take your punishment. and things like Move that. On. You know, I, over the last four weeks, I was talking to uh, one of our guys coming up. Uh, I was watching uh, the Jordan documentary. Oh, it's incredible! By the way, we we have to talk about that. Yeah. in a minute. It's yeah. incredible. But you see Isaiah Thomas walking off and not shaking Jordan's hand. The t the first t tea teaches not to be Isaiah Thomas. Like don't don't do that. Be respectful because sometimes yeah. you're going to be on the winning side. Sometimes you're going to be on the losing side, but it teaches the right values, and it's not necessarily just, you know, golf. It's, so, it's life.
2: Real, the, the This is just a phenomenal – so you're 38. Uh, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Come on, so, man. Give me one more day, no, Josh. Listen, give me one it. more day. I get it. No, 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 no. I mean I, – Listen, I get it. I, I had a guy – talked to the guy the other day. He said he's uh, 43. He goes, yeah, but really, I, I just barely turned 42. And, you know, it's, I'm, not, I'm not even hardly 42 or 43. So, but – so Jordan – this is just a phenomenal place to kind of pivot on the conversation. Did, were you a Jordan fan
0: in the 90s? Were, were you yeah. old enough to know and watch him be what he was? Oh, I was. And um, this past weekend, uh, it was the first weekend you could get it, leave Midland. I hadn't left Midland. In, you live yeah. in Midland. I live in Midland okay. uh, in Dallas. I kind of split 50-50. Uh, Monday, Monday through Wednesday, Thursday, I'm in Midland. Yeah. Thursday night. Yeah, you're not married. Uh, yeah, uh, go to Dallas. Yeah, I'm not. Well, so
2: Dave, we had a guy on here two, a couple weeks ago. And
3: Man, we're just doing all kinds of advertising for, for him on this deal.
2: This yeah. single... Hey, I don't, Well, hang on. This is what I'm about to tell you. So Dave, <laughs> this, we had uh, Zach Lee on. We're going to Launch his in a couple weeks too, or some you know, but by, by, by the time yours comes out, you know Zach,
3: real- he's a CEO, of Arm Energy, involved with Ar- Salt Creek Midstream. He is something. a
2: sharp guy, and he uh-huh. comes. In, he's a good looking guy. David up. told him how good looking he was four times before we were fifteen minutes into the show, and I said, "Man, this is this is impressive." And so here you are, and I'm like, "This guy's 38 tomorrow, good looking, single, living in Dallas, traveling." to... You know, so this. I just is,
3: turned forty-two. I feel like an epic failure.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I have. A, we have a fledgling podcast. This is what we've done with our life. Yeah, so, and he's got tequila. Which we're going to have to take a commercial break here in yeah. a minute. Yeah, a we more, are going to have to take a commercial so, break. So yeah, this next. was good too. It's
0: it's good. This is the Reposado's is incredible. You, man. you know Victoria Beard. I do. Yeah. So Simmons Victoria and, is incredible. I love. So in December in in New York, we're, Victoria and I were running through. <laughs> Streets from New York, trying to find this damn location. I was like, Victoria, I think we're lost. And it was it's New York in December. I told us, I felt like Home Alone over here, <laughs> trying to run to New York and trying to find a. Uh, we're gonna meet Barry for Kessler for uh, yeah for drinks. So so we're he like running great. up and down. And I love uh, all uh, the Barry's Simmons all, guys. Yeah, I do too. All the Simmons guys. And, and Victoria's incredible. Barry, you know John Daniel. I was I was tell John, John Daniel I said, John, I want to be like you when I grow up. John's like. The brightest mind in in he our is. industry of what we do today, there's no one, in my opinion, brighter than John Daniel. Well, not listen, even not even close. I listen. mean, I, and I love I, John's incredible. He
2: you're really you're speaking exactly the way that we believe. So Simmons is one of the sponsors of the show. Victoria is uh, she she's, great. she's I love Victoria. I love Victoria, but yeah. she has to listen to these and approve them because they're regulated differently than other sponsors.
3: Uh-huh. She doesn't approve this one. She's well, really? you know she's listening
2: to this yeah. somewhere in her office, going, "Oh, these guys, I, yeah, they I, drink I, too much." A
0: commercial break for tequila. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. I'm going to
2: pass this past Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I was, I was showing Victoria. I have a, I have a, you know, a, I've got a new dog. I've always wanted a dog because I travel. I no, travel too much.
2: Dog crazy.
0: So I got a new dog, and his name's Lambo. Cause I'm a diehard Packers fan. I've been a Packers for my my entire life. We're gonna edit this part out, by yeah. the way. I promise. you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was showing Victoria. I said, "Hey, Victoria, check out my dog Lambo." And she she still messages me today. Hey, how's Lambo doing? You know, I love Victoria. She's incredible. Yeah, she she's really fantastic. is
2: fantastic. And and John Daniel, he started his own yeah. company. Daniel, Daniel and he Partners. was uh, he came on the podcast a couple weeks ago weeks yeah. ago to talk about.
0: it. He's kind of office
3: a little bit here. At the office. Yeah, he, he
2: You know, look, he's he's an entrepreneur, yeah. and it's interesting. You know, we were talking to him about what does it mean to be an entrepreneur, and he's like, "Well, we're going to do this, this, and this." I said, "Whoa, man!" I go, "This is your money now. You're the one funding <laughs> this, and you know, you need to build up and start slow." And he's he's really embraced that. Right now, he's actually he wanted to be here uh, just in the office, but he's on his
0: week long right. tour with this. I son. love getting his emails. We're we're. Wildcat Otos is a uh, subscriber of um, Daniel Energy Partners. For anyone that's listening, I promise you, getting John's emails in the morning with your cup of coffee is incredible. He's an incredible guy. So if you could, if you can, I mean... um, It's a shame John doesn't have more money because we should charge him for that little endorsement there (laughs) on the podcast. But but no, he's incredible. John's just incredible. His mind is just, he gets it, like, I mean, and but that's the thing about like honestly, like Simmons, um, the Simmons group. From we work with Simmons and in, um, in a couple of situations, and and I'm always going to work with Simmons. We love Simmons. Yeah, yeah they they have the brightest minds from the guys in New York, um, and to the guys here in Houston, you know, with Barry and Anthony in New York, just a lot of the guy Victoria. Yeah. I mean. Fred, is,
2: Sanjeev, I mean, yeah, the, the like, list just goes on. The right?
0: list, you can go down there and it's like the 96 Bulls, man. Yeah. They really are. I'm mean, like, there's, you talk to these guys, like, these guys know the industry. Yeah. They're they're so financially sound, but... What impresses me is how smart they are with the ability to be cool. Yeah.
2: Like, it, that just is a rare talent. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because
0: typically guys like that are... Yeah, they're, they're hard to talk to. They're hard to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, all the Simmons guys, you know... Yeah, incredible. She, now
2: we just we've guaranteed that this this thing gets published now. This is perfect. <laughs> can, no, can, can I suggest that we maybe take a,
3: a brief pause? I'm glad for, you said it. Only this, for a moment, because uh, we're empty. Uh, I'm empty. All, All right. The, the so Jonathan, we're gonna
2: take a break, but keep this. You're just gonna keep rolling, uh, Jonathan. By the way, Jonathan. Jonathan's stud, like he's behind legit. the curtain back there.
0: Hey, you like it? <laughs> <laughs> he's over there sipping. He, he's like, he gets he's a, drinking <laughs> behind the curtain. So <laughs> Curtis giving us a stamp of approval, man. We're good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's take a breather, and uh, we'll be
2: back. Yeah.
1: This episode of the Oil Field Three Hundred and Sixty Podcast was brought to you by the following companies: EIV Capital, a growth equity focused private equity firm, which has been providing capital to the North American energy industry since two thousand nine. The team has extensive experience across the entire energy value chain. We invite you to visit eivcapital.com and learn how we partner with entrepreneurs to build businesses. Merit Advisors, crafting holistic tax solutions to improve your cash flow and add profit back to your bottom line. When it comes to state and local taxes, Merit is the expert in the oil and gas industry. Visit MeritAdvisor.com. World Oil. For more than 103 years, World Oil has provided global decision-makers with coverage of the latest market intelligence and technological advances relating to the upstream oil and gas industry. To subscribe and learn more about these essential resources, please visit worldoil.com slash subscribe. Thank you to our sponsors, Simmons Energy, a division of Hyper Sandler, simmonspsc.com, in Global Energy and Marine, Lockton.com, Tomahawk Safety, TomahawkSafety.com, Prang & Associates, Prang.com, Daniel Energy Partners, DanielEP.com, EIV Capital, EIVCapital.com, Galtway Marketing, GaltwayMarketing.com, Range Valuation Services, RangeValuationServices.com, Merit Advisors, MeritAdvisor.com. World Oil, WorldOil.com. Fletcha Azul Tequila, FletchaAzulTequila.com. For more information on today's guest and to learn more about our sponsors, please follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, or at OilField360.com. Piper Sandler Companies, NYSCPIPR, is a leading investment bank and institutional securities firm driven to help clients realize the power of partnership. Securities brokerage and investment banking services are offered in the U.S. through Piper Sandler & Company, member SIPC and FINRA, and Europe through Piper Sandler Limited, authorized and regulated by the Securities and Futures Commission. Asset management products and services are offered through four separate investment advisory affiliates, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC-registered, Piper Sandler Investment Management, LLC, PJC Capital Partners, LLC, and Piper Sandler and Company and Guernsey-based Parallel General Partners Limited. Authorized and regulated by the Guernsey Financial Services Commission. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, are the energy specialists of Piper Sandler.